The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Hi, you are DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Network. It's going to be a good episode. I'm butchering things already. Episode 330 goes out to Ape, as Dan calls him. Uh, one of our friends in the discard who got nailed with the crazy weather in Florida and whose car basically floated away. So hopefully you're all right and maybe we can uh, get some winning picks in here for you to help you. Um, if insurance doesn't want to help you, maybe we can help you with, with our winning picks here. Because uh, this is the Bellator episode, our favorite episodes. Um, I think Gumby, my co-host, may be coming around to Bellator. We'll have to wait and see. Because he picked he picked to do it again this week. Uh I'm I'm not the Bellator stan of the podcast. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox. Thanks for coming. Uh, as I said, after a disastrous UFC event for us, um, we're back with Bellator's got back to back events coming up this weekend from Honolulu, Hawaii. The one thing they they perhaps do better than the UFC is is they have Hawaii locked down. Um they got, like I said, back-to-back cards Friday, Saturday. We're going to give you a, a selection of picks from, from each card uh, to hopefully uh, make some moolah back this weekend. Let's bring in the Bellator Whisperer himself, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I don't know if – well, I, we did get John Salter last week. I can keep that <laughs> moniker. We got John yep. Salter and Adam Piccolotti last week and Daniel James, all underdogs last week. So uh, – and – or that was two weeks ago, huh? Um, but last yeah, week okay. we did – Last week we did go four and one with our PFL three picks. Um, there you go. Yeah, four four and one on those. Uh, if you put a hundred dollars on every fight, you'd have been up uh, one nineteen seventy nine, um, and that puts our regional record on the year. My regional record. I guess you can tag along on it if you want. Sure, you usually, thanks. Usually, usually say things to me while we're doing this. Um, <laughs> but that puts me at uh, sixty and thirty with one draw on the year, uh, up about fourteen hundred bucks if you put a hundred on each one. Which of course is not uh, don't don't do that don't put a hundred dollars on each one but even if you did in this case you'd be just fine. Anything anything you want to say about PFL while I continue to jot down odds for for uh, uh, this Bellator event? Oh, I didn't even know the odds were out. That's yeah. fantastic. I'm gonna learn for at least other- for one of them they have yes. Oh, just uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, just for the second one I found so far, but uh, uh, event. But oh, um, I watch Bell I watch PFL. I'm trying to remember. If not not much to say. Worse, Olivia Alba Mercier wrestles really nicely. Uh, yeah, that was the only that. pick I got wrong. Uh, I was pumped about my underdog pick in Rush Manfio. That dude looked like a beast. Yeah, he, um, sure did. he shut out Alex Martinez. Um, no, not not too much outside of that. Good. Thanks. Thanks for no, thanks for I, taking I hope, time for me. I hope that gave you no no time to do what you needed to. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think only I only see Belcher 295 odds uh, up right now, so you're gonna have to uh, have to guess them for one fight. Yeah, no, we're doing two fights there. Oh, I already, yeah, got, yeah. already got one prepared for already. Oh, that's before right. We realized, that heavy, hey, heavyweight goodness. Gumby <laughs> knows. Oh, actually, I do have odds. Gumby knows so much about um, Bellator. He didn't even realize it was a back-to-back event. You just like, fine, we'll do Bellator. Here's here's some fights on that on this crap card. And you're like, no, there's another card you can choose from too, my friend. So, um, all right, I am getting the odds done. Uh, I'm going to tell you about our friends at, as I move away from the mic, let's move in here. I'm going to tell you about our friends at Shady Race because I don't, I don't want you to miss out on their amazing uh, deals and products. Shady Rays, 
challenge you, not challenge you, they invite you to kick off the new year, kick off the spring, kick off, kick off the summer with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Last than all, Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to Feed Hunger with Feeding America. Fight hunger, excuse me, with Feeding America. Plus, they're feeding hunger. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Here's what you need to do. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out our, their best deal of, of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off. That's half price off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com. Code SGPN. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right. Bellator, as I said, back-to-back events. We're going to start with Bellator 294 going down in Honolulu, Hawaii, Friday night. We got a couple fights on the main card we're going to tell you. Main card is on Showtime. Co-main event, Timothy Johnson versus Syed Salma. Soma, excuse me. Timothy Johnson is 15-9, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out five times, submitted once. Three and five in Bellator. He's lost three straight fights, the last two via knockout or TKO. He's not fought since April 2022. He's not won since October 2020. He's four and three in the UFC. He is a was four and three in the UFC, was a regional champion, 2010 pro MMA debut. Based on their last weigh-ins, he was 17 pounds heavier than Soma. Three inches taller, two inches of reach. I expect that to remain the same, plus 235. Soma, eight and four, five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, two and three in Bellator. He's lost two straight and won two of his last five. So we'll both men blazing hot here. Uh, regional champion, seven years younger than Johnson, minus 275. I'm, so again, I, I just, I tipped my hand a little bit at the beginning of this. I, I told you I didn't know uh, any of the odds. I assumed Tim Johnson was going to be a favorite here. Yeah. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Tim Johnson himself has not had a sterling record recently. Um, but Tim Johnson has fought three guys who have fought for the title very recently. Uh, before that, he beat Czech Congo and Matt Mitrione, and he knocked out Terrell Fortune. He's still got hands, right? And he's got, like, a little bit of wrestling, which is, I, I mean, probably how he beat Mitrione, right? Um, but you're right. Like, he, he got beat by Vessel, who's uh, n- not promised the title shot next, but, like, it's kind of Fedor, who fought for a title. Moldovsky, who was the champion for a split second. Um, and then his loss before that was Minikoff, who used to be champ. Like, he, he's out there getting knocked out by dudes who are champions. And it's not like Sed Soma is, like, this, like, vicious knockout artist, right? Like, he, he won a fight by Broken Finger recently, and then he knocked out Ronnie Marks, who used to fight at middleweight. So, like, a little dude. And apart from that, he, he's been giving up bad positions to guys like Gokan Sarakam, who's not particularly good, and uh, positions to Davian Franklin. I think Tim Johnson can out-wrestle him um, because, like, you know, he, he throws kind of wild. And I think once he's, like, on his back, I, I think he, you know, he gets up fairly well. But, like, he gives up too much time in those positions or he gets held against the cage too much or, you know, Terrell Ford. Like, the, the style of guy who's beating said Soma, I think, fits Tim Johnson here. So, yeah, give me Tim Johnson on the dog money here. I don't like All saying right. – 
I don't like saying bet Tim Johnson uh, in the year of our Lord 2023, but uh, at the same time, like if he's plus 235 against the guy who's out there not really knocking people out, yeah, I'll take that. He doesn't like to say it, but he is saying it regardless. Um, all right. The main event is for the Women's Flyweight Championship. The title is always uh, defended in Hawaii, it seems. Uh, Liz Carmouche versus Deanna Bennett. Five five-minute rounds, 125 pounds. Deanna, uh, Bennett, vitamin D or the Argentine assassin. You can call her either. Uh, she's 13, 7, and 1. Two knockouts, two submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted twice. Three and one in Bellator. She's won three straight fights. She also lost three before straight before that. Uh, she's not lost since September 2020. She's missed weight a couple times in the past, so that's something to keep in mind here. Five and five in Invicta, 0-0-1 in the UFC, one and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight down at strawweight and up at bantamweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut, plus 250. The champion Gurrilla Liz Carmouche, 18 to seven, eight knockouts, four submissions. She's been submitted twice. Five and 0 in Bellator, the champion of the world, and she's already successfully defended it once. She's won five straight fights in seven of eight. All uh, last three fights were via finish. She's not lost since August of 2019. She went five and five in the UFC. Used to fight uh, up at Bantamweight. Two and zero oh in Invicta. Two and two in Strikeforce. Strikeforce popped his head out again. 2010 Pro MMA debut, and she did beat Bennett via submission in 2020. She's two inches taller than Bennett, and she's at minus 300. Yeah, that's Carmouche, like by a mile. Uh, she's Crazy she's Bennett. Crazy she's, that she's in this position now. Yeah, but she's Bennett's last loss, A. Uh, and B, since then, we're talking about, you know, like, l- let's let's talk about how their paths have diverged since they fought, right? Liz Carmouche, since beating her, has gone out and fought Vanessa Porto, Kana Watanabe, and Juliana Vaz- Velazquez twice. And yep. she's got three finishes in those fights. Deanna Bennett, meanwhile, is like squeaking out decisions against Justine Kish and doing so in such a fashion that they need a rematch with Justine Kish. So, like, we've got one person out there fighting the tippity top of the division and look, making it look easy after already beating her. And somehow it's it's still only negative 300. I actually think that that price is really well suited for parlays if you like Gorilla here. Oh, throw her in a parlay. All right, that's all we're giving you on the first night. That's how much. Gumby was not even going to do the co-main event, but I had already had it prepared. So why not, right? Um, so this is... That's I throw one fighting. extra one in there, too. You guys don't have to bet it. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to count in my official spreadsheet. But, uh, Unless um, it wins. And, and you got all the you got all the lines there, too, huh? Yeah. Uh, I love uh, Killis Moda against Kenneth Cross. Uh, a lot of people are high on Kenneth Cross. I bet you it's going to come in. I'll say Moda is probably not going to be a much bigger of than like a negative 150 favorite. You got the number there? Minus 129. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Give me Killis Modus there. Negative 129. That's a good number for him. He's so a doesn't great. Count unless, doesn't count unless it wins, right? Doesn't That one That one doesn't count unless it wins. Uh, but he's a really great grappler, and Cross uh, is, I think, going to have issues with it. All right. So this is Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern start. Prelims, YouTube. Uh main card on showtime or if you're in canada on youtube as well um all right second night much better than the first right i think so yeah but but it is bellator so he doesn't he's not going to give a uh ringing endorsement to it but uh definitely a lot more uh name fighters on it we're going to start off with uh flyweights and it is ray borg versus kaiuji horiguchi three five minute rounds 125 pounds ray borg is still the tax tax the taz how about it's tax day for you guys though right that must so be it's why the ta- taz mexico i know it is i know <laughs> but that, that must be why it's on my mind you guys have tax day a couple weeks before we do so the taz mexican devil 
is 16 and 5. That would be Borg. One knockout, six submissions. He's been submitted, submitted one time, so he's durable. We'll give him that. This is his Bellator debut. He's won three straight fights and five of six. He's not fought since March of 2022. He's not lost since May of 2020. He went 7-5 in the UFC. He missed weight officially four times in the UFC. That's in flyweight and at bantamweight. That was his undoing for sure. Was a regional champion. 2012 pro MMA debut. Three years younger than Horiguchi. Plus 205. So I would suggest if you're thinking about uh, getting in on Borg or even getting in on this fight, you may want to wait till you see the weigh-ins and how the men look. Uh, Horiguchi is the typhoon. That's his new nickname. Uh, he's 31 and 5, 15 knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Two and two in Bellator, and he is the former champion. Uh, that was Bantamweight, though, right? They didn't have flyweight at the time. So I, I still don't think they have a flyweight champ, yeah. if I'm not correct. No, they don't. Uh, they don't yeah, really have. The, maybe, the, maybe they're building a division. I think this might be the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah cool. I'm all for it. Um, Horiguchi's 2 0. Uh, over his last two, obviously, and three. Uh, he's won three of his last five. He was the Ryzen and the Shuto champions over in his native Japan. Seven and one in the UFC. Used to fight at Bantamweight. 2010 pro MMA debut. Also as a pro kickboxer. He's an inch taller, three inches reach on Borg minus 240. Yeah, this is uh, this is Horiguchi all day for me. He yes, he might be the he might be the right one to stick in a parlay with Liz Carmouche. Oh, um, okay. uh, you know, you're probably gonna get uh, almost even odds there if you put those two together. So I like it. Yeah, and I'll just say this, like, Ray Borg has been resurgent lately. You know, the win over Cody Gibson particularly ranked really true to, like, be like, oh, hey, look, this this dude's back here. Um, but, you know, a split decision against Ricky Bandejas, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit in that fight in different uh, avenues, especially the striking. And, and Kyoji Horiguchi just, like, isn't going to let Ray Borg's wrestling get going. That's the thing about Horiguchi, right? Like, it doesn't matter how good of a wrestler you are. He He's really good at keeping the distance and forcing you to fight this on the feet. And Ray Borg really needs to get some of his, at least some of his wrestling going to win a fight like this. Um, and I just don't think he'll get enough going against, uh, uh, against Horiguchi. Uh, I agree with Horiguchi. He's definitely the pick. I also agree that Underdog Fantasy is the place to go. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player player props all year long. Unlog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Never truly for football. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. Where are we moving to next? Uh, we go from flyweights to up a couple weight classes. Featherweights. Aaron Pico versus James Gonzalez. Three five-minute rounds, 145 pounds. Gonzalez, the alley cat, 10 and five, three knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight, so he is durable. 1-0 in Bellator. He's won two straight fights and four of his last five. He did lose his last fight via TKO. Uh, that was on the PFL. No, sorry, he won his last fight via TKO. That was on PFL Contender Series, and that was a little over a month ago, early March. He's stepping in here on very, very short notice against Aaron Pico. He's a multi, he has multiple reach championships on his mantle. Get t-shirt sports gambling podcast.com slash store. Uh, he's an inch taller than Pico plus five twenty-five. Aaron Pico, 10 and four, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. So he's been finishing all of his losses, 10 and four in Bellator. All of his fights have been Bellator. Uh, he's won six of his last seven. He did lose his last fight. But that was via injury. Used to fight at lightweight was a wrestling champion, like world champion, boxing champion, pancreation champion, Six years younger than Gonzalez, two inches of reach, minus 700. Yeah, obviously you're taking Aaron Picos here. Uh, I, I Don't get me wrong. I think Gonzalez is all right. 
Um, but being a late replacement guy, and here's the thing too, James Gonzalez, for those of you who don't know, or maybe not familiar with him, first of all, he's a, a Sarah Longo guy. So that might give you like some sudden burst of like, oh, hey, maybe. Uh, and then you just look at the guys he's lost to, and it's like dudes who could wrestle him and dudes who did wrestle him. Um, he lost to Mike Trezano twice. He lost to Bill Algio, Levi, or Levi Molis. Um, and his last loss was a split to Phil Caracapa, who you might remember. Was he on Contender Series or did he just get invited and then he got injured? I can't remember. Um, I think he was on Contender Series, if I'm not mistaken, and lost. Um, but again, a, like a catch wrestling guy, a guy who likes to put it on the mat. And like he's basically fighting a much better version of that in Aaron Pico. And Aaron Pico's hands have come around, too. So it's not even like he's just a catch wrestling guy. So, uh, yeah, we're not picking against Pico. We're not dumb. No, this is the kind of fight of. Uh, they were uh, starting him off in his career with uh, fights like this, but yeah, this one and this one's short notice, which. But they it, uh, they were the the one he was gonna fight before Otto Rodriguez was a little bit of a step up, uh, yeah. maybe still kind of like the early career stuff, but um, you know, still a legitimate fight. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna move on to the co-main event. What a surprise! Alimale McFarlane is on this fight card. Um, the reason they go to Hawaii. Alimale. Elimile, that's how you say it, kind of. Elimile McFarlane versus Kana Watanabe. Uh, three five-minute rounds at the flyweight division. Um, Watanabe, Tumacho Yawara-chan is her nickname. Did you know okay. that? I, I did not know that. Yawara-chan is some like cartoon or anime or something. I, I looked it up. So sure. She's Tumacho Yawara-chan. She's also Soft Beast. <laughs> soft, or... soft Beast? Soft, soft beast. Correct. Soft beast. Yes. <laughs> She's okay. 11, 11, one and one. That's not so soft. Uh, three knockouts, four submissions. She's been knocked out once. Three and one in Bellator. Won her last five via submission. She's a judo champion. Two inches taller than McFarland, minus 110. Yes, we've got a picker. A picker, a pick em. The Eliminate, Eliminator McFarland. Somehow, I'm, for some reason, I'm having <coughs> difficulty here. She's 12 and two. Two knockouts, six submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 11 and 2 in Bellator. She was the former champion at this weight class, flyweight. She has four successful title defenses of it. She's only won one of her last three. However, she did win her last fight. She's missed weight in the past. She's a combat jujitsu champion. Two years younger than Watanabe, minus 110. Uh, yeah, I- I'm going to go Watanabe here. I, I think, um, yeah, and, and I'm, I was, uh, again, Odds completely new to me because I did not see them posted when we went to go record. Uh, it's kind so of fun. Can... I like that. Yeah, this is. Uh, it, but like, here's the thing about Ali Malayla McFarland. I had her pegged as like, oh, this is it. This is, you know, Bellator has an answer of who the face of their women's divisions is. And it's Ali Malayla McFarland. She's super marketable. She's super personable. It's like a reason to keep going back to Hawaii. And then she's just like, her grappling has really disappointed me. Um, like the fight in the, the, the Juliana Velasquez fight really bummed me out. She lost to Justine Kish and she largely lost to Justine Kish by just like not being able to control where the fight took place. Um, and with Justine Kish, like, you know, like that's a lot of how Justine Kish has lost in her career. If you go back to it, right? Like Justine Kish beat Ashley Yoder in a UFC fight, but like barely in like Yoder largely picked where that fight went. Uh, and then she lost to people like Felice Harrod against Sabina Mazo by like them dominating her. So like sh- she's had a lot of trouble controlling position here as McFarlane. And 
I think when you fight a, a woman like Kana Watanabe, like she just, first of all, she's very strong. And second of all, the judo does play. Cause it's like, not even just like judo, you know, like sometimes you have people who cross over from judo and you're like, oh yeah, you know, you can kind of tell they've got some like, uh, you know, good body locks or, you know, you're like, she positions herself well, or has a low center of gravity. She like trips really well. Like she's got excellent, like judo style trips that she works into her MMA game. And she doesn't do it in super obvious ways or like big high effort ways. I think she's going to have Alima Leigh McFarlane on the ground most of this fight. And uh, I think she's going to control it um, and probably win it. So, and look, hey, her only loss in her career is the champ Liz Carmouche. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Watanabe. And then probably a title shot for her, you would think. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody more deserving here in Bellator's uh, flyweight division. But granted, I'm also not going to claim that I am the expert on the depth of Bellator's <laughs> flyweight division. No division has depth in Bellator. Just just know that. Um, all right. So Dan is predicting the party pooper in the co-main event. Main event, Ruffian Stotts. It'd be uh, more fun if he was Brazilian, wouldn't it? Hoffian. Hoffian Stotts? Hoffian Stotts would be funner versus Patchy Nix be funner if isn't patchy like a uh irish a short form for patrick um i don't think so usually they go packy packy is a oh okay like the pitcher on the la angels is is packy norton oh norton listen to you <laughs> mr irish all right this is our main event stots versus mix this is not just main event it's the tournament final bantamweight tournament final it's also for the interim Bantamweight Championship. Is Sergio Pettis ever coming back, Dan? Um, maybe. Yeah, I probably. Yes. Maybe. I'm gonna say probably. Probably. So Stotts is the current interim champion. He's fighting Patchy Mix. They are both uh not just fighting for the interim championship, but for the Bellator Grand Prix final. Don't they get like a bunch of money or something too? A million bucks. A million dollars. There you go. Um, all right. Let's tell you about no love, Patchy Mix. War ready, Patchy Mix. 17 1, one knockout, 12 submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 6 1 in Bellator. He's won four straight fights. Three of those four wins have come via submission. He's not lost since September 2020. He has missed weight in the past. He was a regional champion as well in the past. He's five years younger than Stotts, four inches taller, plus 180. Supa Stotts, S U P A. So I guess that's what he does in his spare time. He's a super for an apartment building. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. Because Maybe if he, he can retire if he wins. Uh, the million million dollars, nineteen one, four knockouts, four submissions, but knocked out once. That's one time he's been, one time he's lost seven zero in Bellator. He is the interim champion. He's already defended the interim championship once. He's won eleven straight fights. He's not lost since June of twenty seventeen. So both men are on nice little rolls here, especially Stotts. Was a regional champion, a wrestling champion as well in college. He's an inch has an inch of reach on mix minus two ten. Um. So what did you say the number I was getting on Patchy Mixes? Plus, that's where plus 180. Ooh, yeah, that's where I'm going here. here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going Patchy Mix. Uh, here's So this is a really hard one to call, right? Because we just watched Ralphie Stotts look so damn good against Danny Sabatello. But I think here's the difference for me and why I like Mix in this fight more than I like Danny Sabatello. Because I, I don't know if you remember when we broke down that fight, I was like, Danny Sabatello doesn't have a damn chance. Um, and apart from one judge who was watching a different fight than everybody else, he didn't. Um, here's why I think that this fight goes a little bit differently is I think that Patchy Mix, in addition to being a good wrestler, is also going to be way longer 
than Stotts, as you kind of mentioned, right? Like he's he's got some reach advantage. Uh, no, uh, he's four inches taller, but Stotts has an inch of reach. So. Okay. Okay. So he's got a lot of size on him, regardless. I think okay. that's going to be tricky. And I think also the other thing that's going to be tricky is, is when he went to go take San- Danny Sabatello down. Danny Sabatello's got good submissions if he's on top. Uh, Danny Sabatello has got good control if he's on top. Danny Sabatello is a good grappler if he's on top. Patchy Mix is different in the way that when Patchy Mix is being shot on, that's maybe when he's most dangerous, right? Patchy Mix can hit you with a guillotine on the way in. He had that really, really, really bizarre, uh, like, guillotine that that got the finish and won, like, you know, submission of the century that time. Like, he's got a ton of fun finishes. Um, and, and I think that, like, you know, he's even got a cellular stretch in there where, you know, it's the uh, – I think Kenny Robertson used to call it the kickstand. Um like he's got tons of different ways that he can beat you and he doesn't have to be in the good position. So I think the fact that he's going to constantly be threatening Stotts that way, he's going to make it so that his wrestling is not super comfy. And I think the size is going to play a factor here and that he is like the much bigger guy. Um, yeah, I, I think mix is just going to have more things for Stotts. Um, also before we completely put a ball on this one, do you know what Rofian Stotts lone loss is in his pro career? You got knocked out by one person. Who was that? Marab Devalishvili. 15, sec- that 15 seconds into the fight, Marab Devalishvili hit him with a spinning back fist. <laughs> wow. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's that's not a prediction anybody would make in, in 2023. <laughs> no. Um, I like the dramatic pause you had while you were breaking down that fight. Very good. Good job. Um, let's recap all of your picks here, shall we? Uh, the first night... Of this Bellator extravaganza, he has Liz Carmouche uh, successfully defending her belt, and he's got Tim Thee Johnson, a very big underdog in the co-main event winning. And then in the next night, uh, he's got Patchy Mix becoming new interim champion of the world uh, and the Bellator tournament winner. So back to being the superintendent uh, at the apartment for Stotts. Uh, he's got Watanabe in the co-main event. He's got Pico as a big favorite and Horiguchi as a fairly big favorite. Sound good? That sounds good to me. Let's get out of here. We got UFC to break down for you in a couple of days. UFC is going again this weekend as per usual. So we got our prelims Wednesday and our main card and all our fun bets on Thursday for you. Until then, get in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Hit us up on Twitter, SGPNMMA. Gumby will be running that account if you uh, contact it. He's also at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. Read my Substack and enter my Pick'em UFC Pick'em contest for free, moneymma.substack.com. Listen to Gumby's other podcast, Top Turtle MMA. Do, do you know who's on this week or do you want to leave it a, a surprise at this point? Yeah, uh, one of them is Ricky Glenn, and I also talked to Brady Heastand. All right, so make sure you listen to that. And all our stuff can be read and listened and consumed over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Gumby, take us out of here. All right, I'm Dana Gubby-Vreeland. He's the Eliminator, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Wednesday.